Thank you, Lord. I was sharing this morning, as y'all open Philippians chapter 1, um, this morning about how important, again, this, this is to biblical history and prophecy. When, even when the Antichrist begins to, un, to reveal himself, Jerusalem is critical to that. Because the Antichrist will try to set himself up on the throne in, the Bible says he's going to set up, Daniel said, the abomination of desolation. He's going to try to establish himself on God's throne. Well, it had to be in Jerusalem for that to happen. So the U.S. has moved its embassy. I believe, um, uh, what's the nation I told y'all this morning? Um, Guatemala. Guatemala's already said we're moving our embassy. Okay. Now you watch, it'll just it'll be a matter of the next few months, you're going to hear other nations that are going to follow suit because America is going to take, has already taken the lead and they're going to put pressure. Right. President Trump's going to put pressure. Nikki Haley's going to put pressure. That's, I told you, that's a bad girl there. Going to put pressure on these other nations. And it's critical because when the, when the Antichrist tries to set himself up, he's going to set himself up on one of those, in one of those embassies. I, I can guarantee you how it's going to happen. It's, it's critical. So this is for us to say, wait a minute, boy, we're getting close to the redemption time. We're getting close to the redemption time. The Bible says, look up for your redemption draws nigh. Amen? And so uh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. I look forward to Jesus coming. I look forward to Jesus Christ coming. But all these other things have to happen. You know. Amen? It might be this year. I don't think it is, but what if? Would you be disappointed? No. I didn't get my, I didn't get my mansion. You got one coming. Don't worry about it. You got a big one coming. Praise the Lord. I never did get married. There's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb. <laughs> You're not going to miss anything. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right, let's read Philippians 1. Uh, I'm going to read verse 19 and 20. No, in fact, I'm going to read verse 12, and then we'll skip to verse 19 and 20. Okay? Verse 12 says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So the things that have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Verse 19 and verse 20 says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Glory to God. So this is going to turn off my deliverance. And he says, in nothing I shall be ashamed. Father, thank you tonight for the word that we're about to receive. I pray, Father, that you saturate me in the anointing and that you speak through me, Father. Speak to your people tonight the words that we need to hear. Refresh us, revive us, uh, restore, 
rejuvenate, Father. Strengthen us, settle us tonight, Father, in your word. So that God, all the things the devil is trying to do to destroy us or to come against us, that we'll know how to stand and we'll stand our ground, Father, and not be moved by anything the devil does, knowing that no matter what he does, it's going to all turn out for our good. We thank you for it. We give you praise in advance. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may take your seats. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, now we're talking tonight that we're using just for a subject, tests and testimonies, uh, part two. Tests and testimonies, part two. We've been talking again from Psalm 71 and verse 21. We should be able to quote that uh, right now by heart, right? All right, you shall. I'll give you all a chance. Did y'all get that? You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. So two things that God has already, uh, that we have uh, the scripture validating for us, that God wants to increase our greatness and he wants to then comfort us on every side. Now we've been focusing on this part about increasing our greatness. We've been talking about exaltation and promotion and so on and so forth, that God wants to make, make us great. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And... Um, but I wanted to, to talk a little more tonight about this issue that uh, he wants to comfort us on every side. He wants to comfort us on every side. Now, why do you need comfort? Huh? Because something's going on. Something's happening. You would need comfort if everything was all right. So when it says here that he'll increase our greatness, and comfort us on every side, that means he's going to deal with whatever you've been dealing with. Glory to God. That's good news right there. That God is going to deal with whatever you've been dealing with. Anybody here, you've been dealing with anything? I know you may not champion it, you may not shout it out loud on a rooftop, but we've all probably been dealing with something or another. The good thing about God is that no matter, no matter what, no matter how hard it may be, God's going to finally deal with that thing that you've been dealing with. Amen? I want to take this same verse, Psalm 71, verse 21, and could you please get that for me in the CEV, the Contemporary English Version, please. The CEV. Glory to God. Let's see what it says here. Hallelujah. It says, you will make me truly great and take my sorrow away. Isn't that good here? So you'll make me truly great. That's good. We know about that. We, I think we got that down here. But it also says, and take my sorrow away. Glory to God. So, so there's whatever's been coming against you has, been, has had a twofold purpose. To one, keep you from being great. And two, keep you in sorrow. Am I right? I got a witness here, right? Whatever you've been dealing with, the devil's plan has been to keep you from being great. He knows, he knows your DNA. He recognizes your kind. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? He recognizes your kind. He's seen your kind before. Holy Ghost filled, sanctified, Bible-loving, word-loving, praying, fasting, seeking God, sowing, believing God, faith kind of people. He's seen your kind before. And he knows if he, if he lets you get loose, you're going to become great. So he brings the opposition, he brings the adversity, he brings the attack to one, keep you from being great, and to two, keep you in sorrow. Because if he can keep you in sorrow, you have, you, you'll, you'll, be, be, you'll get to a point where you now lose hope. A loss of a, a, a sorrow will lead to a loss of hope. 
And God wants to make sure your sorrow is turning to joy. So get that back on the screen. Psalm 71, 21, in the CEV, please. Psalm 71, verse 21, he says, uh, uh, you will make me truly great and take my sorrow away. So for him, for him to take your sorrow away doesn't mean he's going to leave you in the mess. He's going to make you great. He's going to end that thing that's been trying to end you. He's going to deal with that problem that's been, trying to, that, that's been dealing with you. You got that? And so he's going to make you truly great and take your sorrow away. Now, what's the opposite of sorrow? Joy. Can, can let's just say joy. How about this? We happy. Uh, happy is good. I don't mind happy. But let's call it joy. So on the other end of what you're dealing with, there's joy. Glory to God. And if you can, if you can just maintain your faith, Maintain, I'll show you this, maintain your confession. Not cast away your confidence. There's a reward on the other end. The Bible says surely there's an, ex there's, there's an, uh, an end or hereafter and your expectation shall not be cut off, shall not be cut off. What you're expecting, what you're believing God for, the thing that, that God placed, that dream, that desire, he put on the inside of you, it's, it's not going to be cut off. The devil's trying to cut it off. He's trying to stop you in your tracks. Glory to God. But he can't stop you. Everybody say, tell your neighbor he can't stop you. Glory to God. All right, now, let's look at this here. Uh, I, I gave you the scripture. This is just a little bit of review here. In Daniel 3, verse 30, remember that verse here? In fact, they can get it for me on the screen. I don't, I don't have to turn to it. Daniel 3, verse 30 says, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And I talked about how this is, this is how they, uh, that word promoted literally means he calls them to prosper. Right? And so these three guys got promotion. Everybody likes promotion, but nobody, I don't know anybody, looked forward to going through the process that they went through before this promotion came. Remember, they were thrown into a fiery furnace because they refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's image. And because they refused, uh, he got real upset with them. Now, he liked these guys. They had already been promoted before, but God's going to increase your greatness, right? And so, but to get to this next level of greatness, they had to withstand a test. They had to withstand adversity. And because they withstood, because they stood, they were promoted again. Y'all got it. All right, now, I said this to you last week, that no Bible character that you know of ever achieved greatness or reached his or her destiny without facing challenges from the devil. There's not one. You name your greatest Bible heroes and they all face some sort of challenge. They all face some sort of adversity. We all would love to have the testimony of David, but the testimony of David has to include the tests of David. We'd all love to have the testimonies of Joseph, but it would also have to include the tests of Joseph. Until, until the word of the Lord uh, came to pass, the, the, until his word came to pass, the Bible says, the word of the Lord tried him or it tested Joseph. Glory to God. And nobody looks forward to a test. Glory to God. I mean, we, we're celebrating, you know, kids, uh, uh, I think they started graduating today, is that right? From high school here. And uh, everybody's excited about that, but they had to pass some tests. They had to be challenged. They don't just give away diplomas, I don't think. I mean, they're almost doing it. They're kind of getting close to giving away. 
But for the most part, you got to go at least do something. You got to show up and praise the Lord. <laughs> Pencil and have something. <laughs> praise God. Now, so the devil comes in order to bring a challenge or adversity. The Bible calls him our adversary. Turn to 1 Peter 5, please. 1 Peter 5. The devil is an adversary. Everybody say adversary. adversary. Now, an adversary means that he's always going to be adversarial. <laughs> Y'all got that? 1 Peter 5. He's always going to be adversarial, and he's always going to bring adversity. That's what an adversary does. So if you are facing any kind of adversity or an adverse situation. What is an adverse situation? It's something that's working against you. So if you're facing an adverse situation, the devil is behind it. You got it? But he's doing his job. I already told you, he knows your kind. He's seen people like you before. He's, the, he, the Bible is replete with stories of people, and he was there for all of them. <laughs> he saw what happened when people persisted. And didn't draw back. And so he comes as an adversary to try to get us from achieving the greatness or walking into our destiny. All right? 1 Peter 5. Let's look at verse 8, please. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Are you there? It says, be sober. All right? What's the opposite of sober? Drunk. Okay. So let's be sober or be self-controlled. Be vigilant, which means to be watchful. Okay? Why? Because you're... See what the Bible calls me? Your adversary. He's your adversary. You have an enemy. Okay? He says, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Watch verse 9. So he, this is what he's doing, but you don't have to, have to yield to him. The Bible says, resist him. How? Steadfast in the faith. So your faith is, in, is critical to this right here. So resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So when you're going through, don't feel like the devil's just picking on you. The devil always just picking on me. He don't like me. He, of course he don't like you. He's your adversary. But he, he doesn't like your neighbor either. He doesn't like your mama. He don't like your cousin. He don't like your brother. He don't like your friend. He don't like your enemy. He doesn't like anybody. But when you get on God's side and start heading in the right direction, he, he becomes an intentional adversary to you. He's there to push you back. He's there to keep you from making progress. He's there to keep, keep you and me from, from moving toward, moving into what God has for us. You got it? He knows that, he knows your manifestation is a demonstration of God's glory. You understand that? He knows your manifestation is a demonstration of God's glory. And he's doing everything within his power to keep God's glory from being revealed. He knows a scripture that says that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall, shall cover the earth even as the waters cover the sea. He knows that. So he's doing his best to keep God's glory or the knowledge of God's glory from being revealed in the earth. 
So he, that's his mission. So he has to work against us because our manifestation, whether that's material or whether it's achieving something, whether it's obtaining something, whether it's receiving something, whether it's doing something, whether it's walking in some divine assignment or some divine purpose, our manifestation is a demonstration of God's glory. You got it? So he's going about, he says, to, to try to, try to uh, devour us. So the Bible says for us to resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are happening to your uh, brotherhood in the world. In the world. All right? Throughout the world is what that means. That, not talking about unbelievers. It means in or throughout the world. Verse 10. But, but, <laughs> may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus. See what he's called you to? You see what he's called you to? The devil knows that. He's called you to an eternal or everlasting glory. So the devil's trying to keep you from manifesting that everlasting glory. After, this part you don't like. You don't like this part here. We'll skip this. We'll skip this. Oh, you want to read it? After, Come on now. It's part of the process here. There's glory coming. There's glory coming. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Hallelujah. For our light afflictions, which are but for a moment, are working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You got that? So... After you have suffered a while. <laughs> Here's what Christ is doing. He'll perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. <laughs> so you're going to come out very good on the other side of this thing here. Now, no, remember, don't, 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 get, don't get this wrong. Don't think God is the one doing this. Remember, he doesn't cause it, but he's using it. If you won't quit and throw in the towel too soon, he, he'll use this because there's something that, that you're going to get out of this. He says, after you've suffered a while, he'll perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Let's, let's get some clarity on that. Give me that in the Amplified Bible, please. That same verse, verse uh, 10, please. Uh, verse 10. It says, and after you have suffered a little while, little while, little while. You see that? I like how Amplified Amplify puts it, little while. It's just a little while. No, Pastor, I've been going through this for six months. It's a little while. Six months compared to, I mean, you can live, you're going to live at least 120 years. So what's six months? Well, Pastor, no, it's, it's been two years. Compared to 120 years? It's a little while. Furthermore, compared to glory, everlasting glory, eternity, it's a little while. The devil's been attacking. Yeah, it's just, it's a little puny little thing. He says, after you suffer a little while, the God of all grace who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and, watch this, make you what you ought to be. You, you see that here? So God, 
no matter what the devil does, he's not going to let the devil stop you from becoming what you are to be. Everybody say, he's working on my life. He's working on me. In other words, God knows what you ought to be. He knows what I ought to be, what I'm supposed to be. He knows the end from the beginning. So even through all the stuff, he's going to use even all the stuff to still get me to where I'm supposed to be. He says he'll make, make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God already knows. God already knows. You're going to get there. Tell your neighbor, you're going to get there. Tell him again in the eye. Look and tell him, you're going to get there. <laughs> He's going to make sure of it. That, that's, that's what I want to get across to you tonight. God, God is working on this thing here. You're not in this thing by yourself. God's going to make sure, as long as you don't quit. Just as long as you don't throw in the towel, God's going to make sure you get to where you're supposed to be. He knows, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the plans he has for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans to give you an expected end, an expected end, an expected end. Glory to God. Now, all right, so let's look at this verse 10. Give me this also in the Living Bible, in the Living Bible. Let's try that one. Let's try that one. Y'all got this so far? All right. 1 Peter 5, verse 10 in the Living Bible. Hallelujah. We got it, TLB. TLB. All right. Verse 10. After you have suffered a little while, our God, who is full of kindness through Christ, will give you his eternal glory. Watch this next part. He personally... will come and pick you up and set you firmly in place and make you, come on, stronger than ever. <laughs> Glory to God. You're going to come out of this thing stronger than ever. You're going to come out of this thing, uh, what's that, Marvin Sapp said, I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better. So much better. Holler at your neighbor and tell him you're going to come out better. Glory to God. God's going to make sure of it. Now the thing isn't coming to make you better. You understand? The adversity is not coming to make you better. The adversity is not coming to make you stronger. People like to say in the church, trials going to make you strong. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Trials come from the devil. They come to destroy you. They come to kill you. They come to take you out. But God in the midst of it, because he has his hand on you. <laughs> Glory to God. He's not going to let you fall. Oh, I remember one time, oh my God. This is right after, this is, this is 2000. Um, Late 2012, and uh, it's actually going into 2013. I don't remember what Sunday it was. I remember it was this Sunday. And, um, but we had just gone through this whole split, you know, everybody we lost everything. Just 
Everybody left, left the church. We just had just a few of us sitting around here looking at each other. Praise the Lord. That's we, we started karaoke music on Sundays. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, this is just a lot of, I mean, just ministries, just a bunch of ministries folded down in the church. People just left, gone. And uh, I remember I'm standing right there at that, that front door right there, looking outside. I'm praying. I'm saying, this is before service. I said, Lord, because as a pastor, what do I, what do, I do? Right. I just lost most of my leadership in the church. Absolutely. I just, I mean, we have nothing. No warning. This is not like, you know, we, we're going to start a new church. We'll give you six months advance. This is like, wham! But I was intent. I'm not going to quit. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> God, I don't know what this is. I don't know why this happened. But I'm not going anywhere. I trust you. And I'm standing right there at that, that door. I'm looking out into that open field. And I'm talking to God. And God said to me, I am not going to let you fail. I said, what? He said, I am not going to let you fail. Do you know at that time, all of a sudden, I came back with a different attitude. I said, praise God, we got a brand new church. Y'all remember that? Remember that? I said, well, we, we got a brand new church. Now I wasn't thinking about who left. I was thinking about who showed up. He personally came to, oh my God, to pick me up. Set me firmly in place and make me stronger than ever. If you just hold out, if you just endure, God's going to personally, oh my God, personally come. He's not sending Moses and Elijah. He's not sending an angel. He's going to personally come by. David, I got you. I got you. I want you to know I got you, son. Don't you worry about a thing. I got you. He personally come pick you up, set you firmly in place, and make you stronger than ever. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Give me that same verse in the Message Bible, please. Message translation. The Message translation. You see this? The suffering won't last forever. The suffering won't last forever. <laughs> Get your chin up. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long. Before this generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. <laughs> You're going to land on your feet. The devil, may, he may try to come and knock you down, but you're going to land on your feet. I remember, I remember, boy, I wish Deacon Gershaw was here tonight. He's, he's out for work this week. And um, I, <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Remember when we were younger, man, we, we both had this uh, disdain for cats. <laughs> I know some of you all here, you're cat lovers. Please forgive me. But I just could never, I just didn't do cats. I, I don't know. I just did, I didn't just not like cats. I couldn't stand cats. There was something repulsive to me about a cat. 
And, and uh, we had a friend of ours who they loved cats. They had cats. Good friend of ours in church. And um, I remember, boy, me and Gershom and my brother, Ju I'm telling, I, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't use names. I'm just talking about me. Me and three other guys, I'm just talking about me. I don't want to. Praise the Lord. And uh, remember, boy, we get cats, and boy, we, we take cats and just, boom, just fling them. I'm serious. This was, this was, we're teenagers now. You know what I'm talking about? We're not grown men. Some of y'all have said, I apologize. I apologize from Lil Morris the cat. Y'all, please forgive me. This is what we did. We just, I mean, kicked them. I just, we did all kind of stuff. Take them up real high and drop them. And you know, when you don't like them, the frustrating part was, no matter how we threw them, no matter how we dropped them, no matter how we tossed them, they always landed on their feet. And you, if you just let God keep you, no matter how the devil tries to toss you to and fro, God will make sure you always land on your feet. Give God a shout about that. Gonna make sure you always land on your feet. The just man falls seven times, but it gets back up every time. Now the wicked, the wicked fall, they're destroyed, they don't rise up again. But the just man falls seven times and he gets back up every time. That fall, I'm not talking about sin. There's not people try to make that hell into sin. That's not what the Bible's talking about. The, the just man falls, in other words, they stumble, things happen, but he gets back up every time. In the book of Micah, the prophet said, Rejoice not over me, my enemy, when I fall. I shall arise. I shall arise. You see, so God, glory to God. I didn't understand it, man. These cats, they had these reflexes, man. It didn't matter how they flipped. They still always land on their feet. And it, just, it got to be so frustrating, you just forget it, just leave them alone. <laughs> glory to God. Glory to God. The devil just, he just wanted to leave you alone. I came at them one way, they stood up. Came against them in their finances, they still. I tried to attack their body, and they still. I got all, got all up in their children, and they still. <laughs> Come on now. Just, they just kept laying on their feet. Glory to God. So that's what happened for you. You land on your feet. Now, uh, I established this last week. I, I hope you all got it 
um, that adversity, the adversity, the persecution, the afflictions, they're not from God, right? Y'all remember that? James 1.17, Pastor Kim, in, in fact, quoted this early in the service that said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. All right? Then we looked at Psalm 34. Give me Psalm 34, verse 19. Psalm 34, verse 19. That says to us, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Come on. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. So the afflictions of the righteous are many, but God, the Lord, delivers you out of them all. So we, we can reasonably assess and deduce just based on what makes sense that if God's the one delivering you, he's not the one putting you in it. It wouldn't make any sense for him to put you in something only have to get you out of it. So that's just to make sure we know that any affliction, any adversity, any trial, any tribulation is not from God. It is from the evil one. You got it? Okay, so God doesn't cause trouble. God delivers us out of trouble. Okay? God does not cause trouble. He delivers us out of trouble. Now let's look at Psalm 68 because I wanted to make sure you saw this here. Because when you read through scripture, you can, without understanding the Hebrew language and the Hebrew verb tenses, you can mess up something and make a mistake in thinking God's trying to do something to you. Psalm 68 verse, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 66 and uh, verse 8. Got it? Oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living. See that? And does not allow our feet to be moved. Right? For you, oh God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You, verse 11, it seems to change here, doesn't it? You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. Now, this looks like God's doing this. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. So it looks like here, in, when, when you get down around verse uh, 10, 11, and 12, like God's doing this to you. But we understand that God, that would make God uh, schizophrenic or bipolar or something. And he's not. God's not. God is not double-minded. Okay? So I, uh, give me uh, that same verse Give me verse uh, 12. We'll just go right there. Verse 12 in the, um, the Passion Translation, the TPT. I, I think I sent that to you. I know we don't have it in our system. Uh, verse 12, instead of saying you cause, no, notice what it says. Because if you were to pull up your concordance or you look, look your Bible app, whatever, and every translation will see, they will not use the word caused. They'll use the word either allowed or let. Because God does not cause these things to happen, but he will allow. So notice what it says here. You've allowed our enemies to prevail against us. We've passed through fire and flood, yet in the end, you always bring us out better than we were before, saturated with your goodness. Praise the Lord. All right? So although he allowed men to ride over our heads, although he allowed the adversity, although he allowed the affliction, he causes us really to come out better on the end. King James in this same verse at the end says, you brought us out into a wealthy place. That's what God will do. So all the things that people do will come against you, he'll come bring you out into a wealthy place. Same thing happened when you notice what happened with uh, uh, the story of 1 Samuel 30, David. Remember David, David and his uh, men? They were in the city called Ziklag. Ziklag. And 
while they're out fighting another army, um, the uh, uh, Malachites, I believe it was, they came against them and they burned down the whole city with fire, took all their wives, took all their children, took all their cattle and silver and gold, took all their stuff. Right? You allowed men to ride over our heads. Now, God didn't cause it. This is what happened. But you know what happened at the end? David inquired of the Lord, should I go after them and recover? Yeah, surely go after them and recover all. So David went and found the enemy. Not only did he get his wives and his children back, all their wives and all their children, and all their stuff back, but they got all of the Amalekite stuff back and all the stuff the Amalekites had gotten from everybody else. So God brought them out into a wealthy place. So God didn't cause this, but he used it. Right? We brought this up last week. Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat's sitting there, and he gets attacked. He and the, the children of Judah get attacked by five nations greater than they are. Come against them, and God didn't cause that, but God used it. God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. God tells them, send out a praise team to go out there. Let them sing and sing praise to the Lord. And the Bible says God set ambushments against those other five enemies. And the next thing we know, they go out there and the angels that slaughter these other people. And the Bible says that, that Joseph had the people spent three days gathering spoils from the enemy. So, so God will, God's going to always bring you out into a better place. So what I'm saying to you is, Anytime the devil brings adversity to you, anytime he brings uh, trial, tribulation to you, um, I'm not saying be happy about it. But I'm saying rejoice in tribulation. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Rejoice in tribulation. Glory to God. Because all these things that come, you got to see, wait a minute, here's another opportunity for God to make me better off than I was. Because what the enemy always means for evil, God can turn those things for good. <laughs> Glory to God. Anybody know about martial arts? Okay, nobody. Nobody. Chinua. <laughs> It's time to go to the door. Where's your daughter? Right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, in martial arts, Kirkland brought this up this morning at prayer time. In martial arts, what you're taught is when, it, when, when your opponent comes against you, you use their energy their strength against them. So the harder they come at you, you just simply do a maneuver and their own force, their own energy will hurt them. Are you hearing this? I told them this morning the same thing I teach uh, Deacon Robert in baseball. When, when, I, when our kids, when they, they get, oh man, we're facing this, this pitcher and this pitcher throws a, you know, a 60 mile an hour fastball you know, for little kids. And I tell him, hey, that's great. The harder he throws, the better for you. 
Because if you understand the laws of physics, when the, you, you take the energy he used and throw in that ball, because that ball, that, that kinetic energy is coming. Am I right about that kinetic energy? It's coming, and, it, and all you got to do is just make contact with the, with the ball. You don't even have to swing really hard the faster it's coming. You just make contact, and that energy now goes back. Bam! Return energy. Is that what it's called? Praise the Lord. So what I'm saying, when the devil comes against you, all the energy he's mustered up to try to destroy you, God will help you flip the script on him <laughs> and make it better than, than it was when you went in. Y'all got it? Nothing and no one can stop God's purpose and plan for your life. Did you hear what I said? Nothing and no one can stop God's purpose and plan for your life. Psalm 57, let's look over there. Nothing and no one, I, I want you to write that down. Nothing and no one can stop me. You can, you can make it like that. Matter of fact, we can say it as Apostle Derber said to us a couple years back, I can't be stopped. You ought to say that, I can't be stopped. Come on, holler like, you, like you're serious. Say, I can't be stopped. See, if I have God on my side, and I do, if I have the blood on my side, and I do. And I have the word on my side. And I have the Holy Ghost on my side. And I have these fellas, the angels on my side. I can't be stopped. Who can stand before us? We call on that, on that name. Joshua 1.5, God told Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses so I'll be with you. That's why I can't nobody stop you. Because as I was with Moses, so I am with you. So if God's with you, you can't be stopped. Because listen, 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 listen. It's not your plan. It's his plan. And who's going to stop God from accomplishing his plan? Who, who, has the, who has the power to stop God from bringing his purpose to pass? Who has the power in the whole universe to stop God from bringing his will to pass? Nobody. So if you are following God's plan for your life, and if God is with you, and he is, you can't be stopped. You can't be stopped. Psalm number 57, are you there? Yes, sir. Look at verse uh, 1. I'm going to go probably through verse 6. Hallelujah. says, be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge. That's, that's why I'm going to find my safety in the shadow of your wings. That's the Psalm 91 prayer right there, right? Until these calamities have passed by. So I know when calamities come, calamities is another word we can use for adversities, afflictions, trials, troubles, tribulation. When these, as these calamities come, I find my hiding place. We used to sing a song back in my old church, Church of God in Christ. Hallelujah now, I found a hiding place. Hallelujah now, I found a hiding place. You remember that one? In the word of God. I know y'all Baptists. Y'all don't, I don't remember that. I'm talking about church of God in Christ. 
In the word of God, I found a hiding place. See, I learned, you learn to hide out in God. Psalm 91, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. See, I stay there as safety in him. Why? There's all these calamities coming. So I don't go on my, out on my own trying to navigate the calamity. I'm not that smart. I'm, I'm talking to somebody. I'm, I'm going to help you. You're not that smart. You're not that efficient. Come on now. So we need to hide out in God until these calamities have passed by. Verse 2, I will cry out to God most high, to God, to God who performs all things for me. Oh, man, I better read it again. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. Oh, I better read that again. I don't know if y'all see that. Maybe you're highlighting it, underlining it, writing it down. You might better, might better highlight that or something. Get your pen or something, a crayon or something. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. <laughs> Anybody need God to perform something for you? God, I need you to just do something for me. Perform. I need you to show out for me. Put on a show. Perform. Put on a show for me. <laughs> That's what he said he wants to do. Is that the scripture? Is that 1 Chronicles 16, 9, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, one of those that says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. So God's looking to perform something. And it says here, God performs all things for me. Now, if you look in your Bible, the words all things are italicized. So you can take those out and just say to God who performs for me. Can I, can I tell you something? I, this is just, you know, God is such an astounding God. I mean, just... Now, this, what I'm about to tell you is very small. It's very small. To y'all, y'all probably wouldn't think, oh, big deal, Pastor. But this is so big to me because God and I, we love each other. And we talk. And I trust God. And I depend on God. And, and I rely on God. <laughs> okay? And so, the other day, I was getting, getting ready to go out there, and, and uh, my son and I, we were going to go and do the yard work. He's going to cut the yard. I'm going to go with, the, with my, you know, weed whacker and edge and all the things, everything. I'm going to go work my yard, Devin. I, you know, we get some exercise in. You know, this is what we do. We do it all the time. And so the other day, uh, I forgot when I went out to do this that I had uh, broken uh, my little, uh, the head on one of my pieces of equipment. And I was like, oh, man. And so I tried to use it in a way, and it wouldn't work. And so... And this is Saturday. I got to go to a funeral. I said, oh, man, let me rush. So I got to drive. If you know where I live, I live down by the Skyway. I, I had to drive all the way to Home Depot, which is oh, in the town. Got to go in the town. And uh, see if I can find this little piece. So I found uh, a little uh, the big piece to replace. It's that that the, the spinner goes on 
for the, for, for the, the weed whacker. And it was like $20, $25. All right, no big deal. I got $25. Then I saw, wait a minute, but there's, I found a little spring in a plastic bag that they said this spring replaces your spring, that, that, which what makes the, the bobble, the head works, makes it work. I said, well, okay, I'm going to buy the spring. And I said, no, you know what? Let me buy both because in case the spring doesn't work, I, I got the whole replacement. I'm going to be smart. So I get back home. And I said, so the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to try the spring. So I get this little this spring out, and I put it in there, and boom, it's like, it looked like it worked. But then I realized, no, it, the thing just kept tangling up because this, this spring just wouldn't work. And I said, and, and well, first, when I first got it to work, I took the, the, rec, the other big part, and I threw it in the trunk of the car. I said, because I'm taking that back to Home Depot. I'm going to get my $25 back because this little $3 spring is going to work. Well, my wife has to go run an errand. Oh, man, she's in that car. She's gone. And my, my, spring, my spring didn't work. So I said, oh, Lord, I'm just, I'm just a little upset now. I'm like, Lord, okay. Well, he spoke to me and said, well, use your time wisely. That's what he said. Say, use your time wisely and, and switch pieces, because this, this piece has interchangeable parts. And so switch pieces and go, and go ahead and trim all your hedges. Use your time wisely. Go trim all your hedges. So I was like, I don't feel like doing that because when you trim the hedges, I, now I got to rake all that stuff. I'm like, oh, I got to go to a funeral. Trim the hedges. Okay, I'm going to go trim the hedges. So I get, get the piece on. I start trimming the hedges, going around. And I get to the last hedge, and there is the original spring that I had lost sitting right on top of that hedge. <laughs> I put that spring back in that thing and bam, there it is. Working every I said, thank you, Lord. So I sent, so that big piece, $25, I got that back, and I got my $3 for the, back for the spring, too. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is money, it's money, it's money. Now, that's not a big deal to most people, but I'm, it, it, it wasn't the money, but the fact that God performed something for me. He did something for me. Glory to God. He performs all things. Big things. Small things. Grand things. Little, little menial things. But if we allow him, he'll perform all things for us. I says, Lord, I just thank you for putting on a show. Just for, just for listening to his voice, being obedient, there's the Zach piece. And I don't know how long it had been there. Just sitting right there, nice and pretty. I, then, I, then I realized, I said, thank you, Lord, for those angels that they found and put it right up there where I can find it. <laughs> See, now I'm conscious of, you know, dad, dad preaching about, I'm more conscious of those angels. Yeah, I, I don't know. Praise the Lord. All right, let me go back. Let me finish. That, that's just my... One of my testimonies for the week. Hallelujah. Uh, so he performs all things. Oh, man, I got three minutes left. Um, verse 3. He shall sin from heaven and save me. <laughs> now, who is he sending? Those angels. The angels. You know that, right? We know those angels are coming. He's going to send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one 
who would swallow me up. God's going to handle what's been trying to handle me. He's dealing with what I've been dealing with. You got it? Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Verse 4. My soul is among lions. Your adversary, the devil, goes about, come on, as a roaring lion. Anybody ever felt like your soul is among the lions? Like they, the lions, they're coming at you. Every time you clock in, she's <laughs> The whole lion tribe out there waiting. Lion pride. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You're dealing with scar and all the hyenas and everything. My soul is among, the, among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows. In other words, these people, they're hot. They're hot about trying to, trying to come against you. Do you know, oh my God, do you know there are people that are hot about you? They hot about your success. They are hot about the fact that you got married and they, and they, they hot about the fact you got a good job. They hot about the fact that you're getting out of debt. Some, some, some of them hot because you went out to eat. They hot because you went out to eat. That's real right there. Whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. They talking about you. They talk about you. I have news for you. They are talking about you. I'm talking about any of y'all go to this church, they talk about you. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let you down and tell you real that real quick. They are talking, they, the moment they find that you go to that church. <laughs> she told me that with people on a job. You go to, oh, you go to that church. Oh, with that pastor? Yeah, that church. Yeah, that pastor. <laughs> So I'm telling you, they're talking about you. <laughs> but let's keep going now. But in the midst of all that, here's my response. Be exalted, O God. Above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Now watch verse 6. They have prepared a net for my steps. Trying to trip me and trap me. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. Not me, I didn't fall. They planned for me to fall. They schemed for me to fail. They conspired for me to fall. But they're the one that fell. Come on here, Haman. Remember when Haman in the book of Esther planned for the demise of Mordecai and the Jews? 
He had gallows built. His plan is they're going to hang Mordecai. They're going to hang all these Jews on these gallows. Because they hate them. They can't stand them. Those doggone children of God. I can't stand them. can't stand them. But do you know how the story turned out? Matter of fact, get, get, get Esther chapter 9 verse 1. Get Esther, Esther chapter 9 verse 1 because the Holy Ghost wrote it in here for us. Esther chapter 9 verse 1. Look at it here. It says, now in the 12th month, that is the month of Adar, on the 13th day, the time came for the king's command and his decree to be executed. On the day that the enemies of the Jews had hoped to our overpower them, the opposite occurred in that the Jews themselves overpowered those who hated them. God turned this thing completely around so that those who had opposed and those who had hated the Jews were themselves put down. And the very gallows that Haman had built for his enemies ended up being the very gallows that Haman and his sons were hanged on. So the pit that they're digging for you. I mean, really, you all just, just pray, Lord, have mercy, have mercy. I mean, you find out somebody doesn't like you, Lord, have mercy. Lord, don't, 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 don't do it too bad. Please, Lord, don't hurt him. Because you can't come against one of God's children and think it's going to come out right. You can't come against somebody whose God's, whose God's hand is on and think it's going to come out all right. It's not going to come out all right. As a good friend of mine used to say, it ain't going to turn out like you think. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, it ain't going to turn out like, like you think. <laughs> Psalm 138. While we're still camping in this book of Psalms, Psalm 138. Glory to God. Glory to God. Boy, God has something good in store for you. And he's going to make sure you get there. Woo-wee. He's going to make sure you get there. Oh, God. Oh, get this. All right, let me try to get done just a few more minutes here. If, uh, Psalm 138, verse 7. 138, verse 7, you see that? Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. And your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. The Lord will perfect or the Lord will complete or he will finish that which concerns me. So God knows a plan he has for you. And he's going to make sure he perfects it. He's going to make sure he completes it. God. Now, it didn't say I will perfect it. Says God will perfect it. God is the one behind it. This isn't your plan, it's God's plan. Saying your dream is God's dream. It's not your purpose, it's God's purpose. And so God's gonna make sure it comes to pass. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake, do not forsake the works of your hands. How could God forsake you? You're the work of his hand. So God created you, and then he, he created something for you to do. 
He created some things for you to have. You're the work of his hands. So God's not going to forsake the work of his hands. He's going to perfect those things that concern you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. Can I keep going here? We got a few more minutes. We'll give the kids a few more minutes. Praise the Lord. God knows, I told you this last week, how to repurpose every situation and turn it around for his purpose and for your good. You hear that? God knows how to repurpose every situation and turn it around for his purpose and for your good. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11 says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So God works all things according to the counsel of his will. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, they're still trying to figure out how did Donald Trump <laughs> become president. They're like, what in the, what happened? He didn't even really want it. He said that. He said, he said I didn't really even want it. He was just playing. He, he had already, before, before the election, had already begun a plan on shutting his offices down to go back to his business because he wasn't really thinking, listen, this is, this, I'm, this, this, this is for my ego, man, to prove I can do something. I really don't want to be president. I mean, you understand, for him, being president was a step down in his lifestyle. It's a step, he didn't really want to be president. So now they said, well, the Russians got involved. The Russians did it. The Russians were on Facebook. Now, I'm, what I'm saying is, I don't know. What I do know is, God knows how to work all things according to the counsel of his will. Come on now, let's be honest. If I had to choose, that wouldn't have been my first choice to be the one God would use for all this. You understand? I'm just, but God works all things. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? According to the counsel of his will. So even the things the devil brings against you, God can rework it according to his plan. You got it? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> First Corinthians. First Corinthians. Are y'all getting anything out of this tonight? Is this helping you in the little bit, the least bit tonight? All right, understand God's working this. Now, remember, the devil is the one doing all this stuff, okay? Now, I want to give you a little heads up, information, heads up information here. The devil is not as smart as you think. You understand that? The devil is not as smart as you think. People many times give, give the devil uh, divine attributes. The devil is not God. The devil is not om omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. What does omnipotent means? All powerful. The devil is not all powerful. The devil doesn't have any power. The devil doesn't have any power. Jesus said, All power is given unto me. So the devil can't have any power. Hello? The devil does not have any power. So stop giving him credit for having power. He doesn't have any power. Jesus said, All power is given to me. 
Got it? He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time. The devil has to go. When God, God asked, asked the devil, hey, where you been? He said, I'm going to and fro through the earth. He goes from here to here. He, he's not everywhere at the same time. So if, he, if he's messed with Tamara, he's not messing with me right now. <laughs> but how come many of us going through? Well, because he comes and he leaves thoughts. So he has his demons. He got plenty of demons now. And they bring these thoughts. And what, is, what happened? They'll leave you with your thoughts. They off doing something else. And here you are with your thoughts. They're going about their, about their business. And you, you're sitting there not taking thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. The devil's moved on. He's, he's been gone. He's also not, not omniscient, which means he does, he does not know everything. He's not all-knowing. And let's, let's look at something here. First, uh, what did I tell y'all? First Corinthians 2. Matter of fact, he's, he's, he's really dumb. He's really stupid. You hear what I say? The devil is really, I can't say the word I was going to say. The devil is really uh, an imbecile. Ignorant. Uh, give me some other words here. He's really, uh, he's really a dotard. First Corinthians two. Are you are you there? Uh, verse six. Verse six says, "However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age." nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Got it? So the rulers of this age are coming to nothing. Right? Verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now watch verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Is that clear to you? So the rulers of this age, Satan, all his principalities and so forth, they didn't know what they were doing. Because if they had known that millions and millions and millions of believers we're going to rise up in power and glory, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay? Jesus said, which meant the devil must not have been there when Jesus said this. Jesus said, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it falls in the ground and dies, it brings up much fruit. Jesus said that. Jesus put it out there. The devil must have, must have been somewhere else. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he couldn't have known that. Because Jesus said, except the grain of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides alone. In other words, as long as, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm here and it's, you know, I don't go to the cross, it'll be just me. But if, if I fall into the ground and die, if I go to the cross then it's going to bring forth much fruit. The devil was already scared of Jesus. He didn't, did not want much fruit to come. 
So he must have been off somewhere else and missed that conversation because he did everything within his power to make sure Jesus went to the cross. Y'all missing that. God's purpose for Jesus Christ's coming was to go to the cross. And the devil did everything within his power to get... <laughs> now you think he's smart. He's an idiot. He went right along with God's plan. Oh, y'all missing that. He went right along with God's plan. How many times did Jesus Christ say, I came to, to go to the cross? I mean, I came to destroy this body in three days ago. I'm going to rise again. I mean, how many times did he predict himself going to the cross? And the devil was so stupid, he went right along with the plan. My point to you is, is the devil, many times we give the devil too much credit for knowing stuff. He don't know what you think he knows. And he can't do what you think he can do. He's doing things based on his, uh, his wisdom, on demonic wisdom. But doesn't understand God takes the very stupid things he does only to use those stupid things he does to bring you to a greater level and a greater dimension of glory and power and greatness in your life. <laughs> glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Did we read Psalm 138 and verse 7? Yeah, we did. We did. All right. Let's read two more places. Let's go two more places here. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Do y'all see this here tonight? Don't be afraid of the devil. Don't give him a second thought. He's a coward. And he's, a, he's a stupid coward. And everything he has planned, everything he's doing, God's just going to take it and flip it. A lie and the truth ain't in him. Philippians 1 and uh, verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6. Watch verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So if God has begun anything in your life, he is going to complete it. He is going to do it. He is going to perform all things for you. He's going to perfect those things that concern you. That's, 
uh, we, we read that in Psalm 138, verse 8, when it says, we affect those things that concern you. Um, many times we read that, we think only in the sense that, well, it's something that's concerning me. I got a concern, Lord. It says, his, and we say, the Lord perfect that. But that actually wouldn't make any sense. Because perfect means complete. So he's not completing your concerns. He's completing the thing that is concerning you. In other words, he's completing that thing that he has planned for you. That means the trouble, because it talked about trouble in the verse 7 of Psalm 138, he gets you out of trouble because he's not, not going to let the trouble stop him from completing what concerns you. He knows a plan for your life. So he's not going to let trouble of any kind, of any amount, stop him from completing what is concerning you. You got it? All right. Philippians 1, verse 6. So he who has begun a good work in you will complete it, will perform it, will finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Verse 12, that's where we started. I'll just read it here, and then we'll pick it up next week. Is that okay? But I want you to know, brethren, now Paul is in prison right now. Remember I talked about that the other, other week in Acts 27. Paul said, uh, he's giving testimony, I think it was. He says, I think myself happy. Now Paul is in prison right here. But look at Paul's attitude here. Except, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm locked up, but uh, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually, you ever heard, heard somebody, somebody give this phrase, you got to look on the bright side? Yeah. Paul's looking on the bright side. He's not considering his situation. He's considering how this thing is actually turning out. While he's still in, in the situation. He said, the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to hope to the whole palace guard, all the, all the guards, and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. <laughs> so my imprisonment has made it evident to everybody. In other words, that means Paul didn't went in there with a bad attitude. He wasn't in there, you know, cussing and fussing. He's in there with a good attitude because it says it's become evident to everybody that his chains are in Christ. Verse 14, and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. When folks see how Paul is handling this situation, they've got more bold to preach the, preach the word of God. You see how, how God is using this to get his agenda done? Some indeed, verse 15, preach Christ even from envy and strife. Now notice what happened. There are some people who preach in Christ from envy and strife. In other words, they see my ministry and my success, and so they're envy of it, envious of it, and so they're, they're trying to preach what I preach. You know people do that. People see, boy, look at the preaching that faith, and boy, they're looking, they're moving on, man. I'm going to try preaching faith. 
Oh, look, they preaching prosperity. And look, people put money in their pocket. I'm going to try to put, I'm going to preach prosperity too. That's the wrong reason. He says, and some also from goodwill. Not the store, but good, good intentions, all right? They're preaching in goodwill. Verse 16. The former, the first group, preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. They're trying to make it worse for me. Verse 17. But the latter group, or the latter, out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this, I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. So I'm happy about this. Even my imprisonment because the gospel is still being preached. In other words, that's my whole point anyhow. So they put me in prison to stop the gospel from being preached. But putting, the, putting me in prison caused it to be preached more. Are you seeing this here? How God is able to turn all these things around? Verse 19 20, we'll read this and I'm done. For I know, for I know, for I know, for I know. Remember, he's the same guy that said, he which hath begun a good work, and you shall perform to the day of Jesus, Jesus Christ, right? For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. This will turn out. In other words, this whole situation is going to turn out how God's going to turn this thing around. It's going to turn out, actually, for my deliverance. They're mean, meaning for it to stop me, but it's going to turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. So he's saying, simply putting all this here, I'm not going to have any shame about what I'm dealing with because I know it's going to turn out good. I'm not going, I'm going, I'm going to despise the shame as Jesus Christ talked about. The Bible said about him in Hebrews 12 too. He's going to despise the shame. No, I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm going through this. I don't want to be in jail, but look what's happening by, by me being in jail. And furthermore, I'm convinced it's going to turn out for my deliverance. So not only is the gospel being preached, but I'm going to come out on top of this thing here. Praise God. That's the kind of confidence we're going to have. I don't have time to get to it tonight, but we'll, we'll get to that next week. And I'm, I'm going to show you what you have to do in the midst of the trial. I'm going to show you what you got to do to make sure that you keep going in the direction that God can, can, can turn the thing for you. Okay, because it's important for you to uh, exercise your faith in the middle of this here. Okay, and just have the confidence that God's going to make sure everything turns out good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That was in Psalm 57 where it says, God performs all things for me. I like that. I like that. God performs. He's working all things for you. Amen? That's good news. He's working it for you. Working it on your, for your good on your behalf. Amen? So, dumb devil. Bring all the energy you got. 
bring your best shot. Do everything you can. Because God's going to turn all that and going to knock it out the park. <laughs> That's I like that. Going to knock it out the park for us. Amen? Amen? Father, we're so grateful to you tonight for your word and for the assurance we have through your word and by your spirit that no matter what we may encounter, no matter what kind of adversity the devil brings against us in our lives, he may be our adversary, but Jesus is our advocate. He may be against us, but Jesus, your son, is for us. And your word said, Father, if you be for us, who can be against us? So we know that God, no matter what we face, we, is, we cannot lose, we, and we refuse to quit. We will not give in. We will not give up, oh God. But we'll keep standing on your words, standing, Father, on your promises, knowing that, Father, all these things will turn out for our deliverance. All these things will turn out for our good. Thank you, Lord. We don't know how, but we're not trying to figure out how. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Because you are our, our, the one we trust. You are our covering. You're the one who you said in your word, you perform all things for us. Thank you, Father, that as we rest in you and trust in you, Lord, uh, we'll come out better in every situation than we were when we went in. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, you'll use these things. Even though you allow men to ride over our heads, you'll bring us out into rich fulfillment. You'll bring us out into a wealthy place. Thank you, Lord, for bringing every person in this room Everyone on the sound of my voice, even those who are watching online, Father, tonight and those who may watch for years to come, that God, they'll know that when you bring us out, you bring us out into a wealthy place. You'll bring us out with silver and gold and not one feeble one among us. We'll have no lack. We'll not need any aid or support from anybody, Lord, because you're the Father who takes such good care of your children. We give you praise and thanksgiving for all these things. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Put those hands together tonight and give God a great hand of praise.